Hey everyone, pumped. I loved I Am A Strange Loop by Douglas Hofstadter. It's been a couple years since I've read Gerda Lescher-Bach and he definitely hit another one out of the park with this one. It was fantastic. And it actually has a lot to do with awakening as well taken from a very scientific angle. It's pretty cool. So let's dive in. I'll be sharing with you my notes from the read, and I hope that it brings you lots of insight and value. So this is a nexus of self, self-awareness, consciousness, self-referential structure. His writing's not over-technical, it's not overbearing. He stays close to the surface of real life at all times, matters of the highest level of abstraction. So this is very much why we... Love Douglas so much, and he's influenced us so much. Transform the most abstract and complex of thoughts into a digestible idea, fun and interesting. Self-referential structure of consciousness, multifaceted examination of what an I is. So some epicness up front prepping you. So I would start things off by highlighting how consciousness is a mirage. Made itself out of nothing. Disintegrated back into nothing. <laughs> you can tell we're already getting into it right off the bat. So energy, self-looping, and break the chain, see what remains, meaning that we spend so much time with this sense of self indoctrinated in this sense of I. And what happens when you break the sense of I? What remains? A self-referential structure, a strange loop. Okay, so now you have that as well. Consciousness, self-referentialist theory. So again, consciousness as a self-referential mirage, very profound. That in itself is basically the core thesis of the book. Consciousness as a self-referential mirage. Douglas specializes in thinking about thinking, exploiting analogies, metaphors galore, talking directly about our own experiences. Down to earth, the highest level of abstractions. So critical. Examples are typical of most people's lives. Most people understand abstract ideas most clearly if they hear them through stories. I love Hofstadter's focus on analogies and stories and relatability. It's core essence of mine as well. I am a strange loop. My, best, my own best shot at describing what the human condition is. 
what just plain being is all about. He's very much like a intellectual father to me and many others. Consciousness has bodies. Bodies don't have consciousness. So it's the formless that has the form. So the formless is the underlying structure. You can think about that as electromagnetism. You can think about that in many different ways. So we're going to be using what the law of one calls the seven densities of consciousness throughout the book as a reference as well. A seeker of truth who suspects consciousness is an illusion is eighth density versus a seeker of truth who believes in consciousness is reality is seventh density. So meaning the God state of seventh density, understanding that one infinite creator and the very eighth density of recognizing that even awareness, love, light at play with itself is in fact an illusion. Comprehension of the universe is happening on a gradiented spectrum of self-awareness. Comprehension of the universe is happening on a gradiented spectrum of self-awareness. Higher animals, those which are able to think are alive, creatures with souls as true life. The soul has the ability to think. What is thinking? The purest thought is the knowing. The purest knowing is of the knower. It is conviction. Understand what knowing is. I know I am. Habit guides your thoughts. Don't reduce your will awareness to a collection of complex reflexes. Unfreeze your will from reflex. It's basically what the Buddha taught. Incrementally unfreeze will, radically purify subconscious and merge with creator. As an interesting play on the law of one and Ra's three steps of know yourself, accept yourself, become the creator. Here you can view it as incrementally unfreezing your will, radically purifying your subconscious and then merging with creator. Soul shards. Don't see name, see God. I wasn't wondering about its name. Farm animals don't have names. Different levels or sizes of souls. Again, density. Small sold versus large sold. So soul density and consciousness evolution, awakening. So the I dissolving before death is awakening. So the I as the person dissolving before death is God, is union with God. So the small self, the contracted person dissolving into the God state is awakening. This is what is meant by die before you die. Merge with God before you die. People in the final stages of Alzheimer's disease are essentially all gone. 
and I wrote here that they should not be president or running companies. So this is an important visualization. So what you have here is you have that, that retinal matrix for the pupil and the eye. And then you have the very sunlight. So this can be viewed as a black hole as well as the sun. So the retinal matrix and you have the pupil and the iris and you have perception. And so here you have what is known as uh, ignorance, which is when there's a tiny dim light on. This is when you're just a creature. And this is when you have the maximum light on. This is what's called knowledge. And that's when you know yourself as God. You know it all as God. So universal Awareness love light increases, this is called the shift from person to God, awakening, and that's, this is gradiented on a spectrum of self-awareness from creature to God as densities and awakening. So this can be viewed as a consciousness cone. Atlas Carto Consciousness. That's something I've been using for a little over a year now. It's a good term. So you can see this is what you could say is enlightenment, right? Analyzing and awakening neural lattices. So for example, you have the atoms, viruses, microbes, mites, mosquitoes, bees, goldfish, chickens, bunnies, dogs, and then brain damaged and normal adult humans. And so it's going to be important to recognize that these, in a sense, are the awakening of creation to itself, the awakening of life to itself. That's what's called emergence. So the core part, though, is the human density, this third density of human life. And this big shift that's happening into this fourth density of love, this heart chakra opening up, the green center. And so when you look at things like the neural lattices being analyzed and awakened, what we're talking about up here is we're talking about the normal adult humans that have these overly constricted default mode networks of operating and that their subconscious is driving their lives. And they're not even aware of how attached they are to their eye and all of these attributes and appearances around their eye and all of the other eyes in their lives. And so awakening neural lattices is a lot about the process of the person releasing the grip on their default mode network into a more entropic state of disorder so that they can have a more creative connectomics that are more interconnected and that way their, their little artificial barrier of separation, the little cage, it melts and dissolves and they merge back into the oceanicness, which is what they are and what gave birth to them. And what gave birth to all life. 
this being just one of infinite explorations. So here's another way to view the same thing. So you have the I that's steadily increasing here, thinking expression. So again, there's this matching density ladder on the left, and you can see rock, plant, animal, so density one, two, 2.5. Then you have this third density with human ego and separation. Then you have four, which is love, five, which is wisdom, six, which is the unification of the two, and then seven, which is this God unity oneness, and then this eighth, which is this black hole absolute, what we emerged from, what everything goes back to, and what continues eternally exploring infinite possibility. And so when your eye gets to this level, what's happening is you become the essence of the entire creation. You become the entire universe itself. And so your identity shifts to the universe and you recognize that you share your being with the entire universe and so there's no longer separation between you and the universe meaning you see that one infinite intelligence even in all of the other individuals that you talk to so you see them as you and so then the only thing that's left to do is just to serve creation awakening so these maps are really important so it's a special kind of subtle pattern that underlies and gives rise to I, a light on, interiority, being conscious. I think about thinking. It's a good place to just check yourself as well as how often do I think about how I think? How often do I think about my frames of life and my reactivity am i incessantly being triggered or do i have equanimity do i have freedom and is that enabling me to have more sovereignty more will more choice in my actualization and my realization my deepening of my union so the heart is abstractions that's central so you have things like a concept, memory, analogy, memes, and I. And you see how these are much different than when you look up here and you see things like DNA, dendrites, neurons, the left hemisphere. Completely different than concepts, memory, analogy, memes, and I. So this is these high-level abstractions are much more of the essence of what actually is most present for us. Ain't nobody right now thinking about any of this stuff, but you're very clearly hearing my words and registering them and cross-referencing them with all these other symbols and then extracting out the most meaning that's applicable to you So high-level mental properties, vast abstract patterns. Was there truly something referable to as I? 
So thinkodynamics, large scale structures and patterns, how people make choices, versus mentalics, small scale phenomena like neurotransmitters. So juxtaposition between thinkodynamics and mentalics. Love your neologisms, Douglas. Another one of the, the favorites, and there's lots of references to Kurt Girdle in here. <laughs> These paradoxical self-referential sentences like, I am lying. Another simple one, the two mirrors create this infitu infinitude of images, an infinite regress. This sentence is false. So an endless corridor. So we'll continue playing on this analogy. At the very core of each galaxy, a beautiful circular black hole. And so we'll also make a reference visually for you that will be helpful how that relates to I the galaxy analogy. So deduced from the basic loop, an infinite fractal comprehended by consciousness. So I, first person, existing, having experienced qualia. My goal here is to combat the strident inner voice. Negotiation between inward bound and outward bound signals. A repertoire of symbols triggered. So what is the nature of human interiority? What is each human's experience of I-ness? How rich is the sense of self? How conditioned or empty? This is really important. <clears throat> How conditioned is your sense of I-ness perpetually triggered or how empty is it? How well can you hold equanimity? How well can you be free? And then what revelations does that give you about your I-ness? What is the nature of a mosquito's interiority? What is a mosquito's experience of I-ness. How rich a sense of self is a mosquito endowed with? So here we play with this more. A low-level empty self is no symbolization. Be hyper-conscious of all that is. God, infinity, yet be utterly transcended. Black hole, empty. And can you do both those things simultaneously? And we'll have more visuals unpacking that shortly. Lacks perceptual category, symbols altogether, self-perception loops, low level. And this is typically what you'll see with awakening is you'll see 
an absolute absence of symbolization and concepts. Memory. And the ability to draw on memory or concepts as symbols as you please, but being completely will and sovereign and choice and aware about that process rather than being triggered by conditioning. So emptiness is a big key there, the practice of emptiness. Penetrate mainstream perceptual processes, symbolization streams to IGA. So IGA here is igniting global awakening and penetrating mainstream perceptual processes means all of those neural lattices that we were talking about in this third density and all of their symbolization streams. So there's a perpetual perceptual process and symbolization in the mainstream. And in order to ignite global awakening, it's mission critical to penetrate into those mainstream neural lattices and catalyze awakening. Again, perceptual processes. Biological ladder of perceptual sophistication is another good way to put it. So here's another way to phrase what we've been talking about, where you have point one is being a polymath. So you have this very enriched lattice that's infinity. And then the point two is the black hole. You're untriggerable. You're empty. So you want a polymath black hole or a black hole polymath. So imagine if you're a black hole polymath, you're empty, untriggerable, you can radically have zero memory, zero concept, zero symbols. And then as you need, just like on a desktop, which we'll bring up this analogy again later, you can access any of those memories, concepts, or symbols like a polymath and bring them into the world. So it's an enriched, untriggerable lattice. So an enriched, polymathic, untriggerable lattice. So guide dogs, rich internal category systems, repertoires of triggerable symbols. Initial spark, iness, more complex senses, accrete, snowflake that grows around a tiny initial speck of dust. Level of complexity, creature starts applying categories to itself, building mental structures that represent itself, starts placing itself in some kind of intellectual perspective in relationship to the rest of the world. Does that sound familiar, my friends? It's a pretty solid way to break it down. Okay, so it's like an untriggerable episodic memory and this is where your emptiness practice comes in two to five seconds just stop fixating just use your breath and stop fixating on objects and perceptions and sensations and instead just be aware that you exist whoa i'm conscious i'm aware i exist i'm present cool might that be a formless quality so untriggerable episodic memory 
is when you're not triggered by this private storehouse of episodes of us and our friends and characters and novels and movies we've seen, TV news clips, etc. To not being triggered by those memories. So I'm kind of also simultaneously walking you through awakening at the same time. Which is pretty interesting. You're getting a cool little treat. Concepts, memories, produces a self-model, extraordinarily deep and tangled. Deep, tangled self-model is what Inus is about. So I is a deep, tangled self-model. Pretty easy. I is a deep, tangled self-model. And so in essence, awakening is the less deep and tangled your self-model is, the more awakened you are. But at the same time, you want to be a polymath. You want to know a lot about a lot of different things. And so you want to make these novel polymathic connections and implement powerful planetary architectures. But you want to do it from also having elasticity where you can come to emptiness as you please. A perfectly clean desktop. And then as needed, step up architect with your files. So as you think, so you are. Perception defines reality. Thinkodynamical shift from person to God equals awakening. So here again is that empty infinitude, that black hole sun, where you have a formless infinite consciousness while you have a form finite separation. So the form finite separation, thinking that that's the reality, leads you to ignorance, whereas Knowing, knowledge, being a Gnostic being, is union with God, with absolute, which is your truest nature, which is formless, infinite consciousness. Patterns, perceives, define its reality. What is realist to each of us in the end? I, undeniability, elusive, receding, shimmering rainbow. <laughs> it's cool because the mirage or rainbow analogy to the self-invention of consciousness, how consciousness hallucinates itself into existence. The, especially the rainbow aspect to that, it reminds us a lot of the Nirmanakaya from Dzogchen, Buddhism. And that's when you're expressing yourself purely from that emptiness, purely in your expression to serve the rest of life awakening and it's effortless. And so it's cool to draw that analogy between them. So consciousness as an epiphenomenal illusion, the concepts of self and I. An abstract pattern gives rise to what feels like a self. It's pretty direct, guys. An abstract pattern 
gives rise to what feels like a self. Just meditate on that. So creature behavior, desires, wants, I, an all-powerful and yet non-existent. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, spend your whole life with I, and then it dissolves. It's so trippy. <laughs> so consciousness, God quality formless power to know and then you have the traceless comprehension as the absolute the black hole receptivity abstraction upward shifts closed cycle i love this mc escher's drawing hands Reality is recursive and simulates itself into existence. <laughs> the procedure calls on itself. So there's the eternal riddle of what am I? Self-inquiry, Atma Vichara. Profound joy, discovering patterns, understanding what lies behind patterns. Relentless search for why defines the nature. Pattern cannot merely be a coincidence. Why? What is the reason behind this order? Whether or not anyone ever finds the reason, there must be a reason for it. Nothing happens by accident. Existence of a perfect pattern, a regularity that goes on forever, reveals something is going on behind the scenes. Mathematicians consider it a sacred goal to seek that thing, uncover it, and bring it out into the open, finding a proof. Same thing with metaphysics, baby. We have to rely on reasoning to get us there because infinity is very different from any finite. So use reasoning to understand uh, that we are infinite. Proofs are guarantors of truth. Where there is a regularity, there is a reason. Einstein, God does not play dice. Nothing happens without a cause. Always one unifying underlying cause, unshakable faith. Beautiful infinite pattern, but for what reason? One single compelling underlying reason behind all these infinitely many independent facts lies just one phenomenon. So one truth, one ocean underlying all of the 10,000 things. Provability, truth. Recursive reality, Fibonacci numbers. 
recursive definition where there's a pattern there's a reason infinite defined through recursive organic growth of an infinite structure or pattern A strange loop lurking inside the labyrinth palace of mindless mechanical symbol churning meaning lacking mathematical reasoning. And that same thing can be applied to your life. Is there some sort of mechanical symbol churning that is happening? Is your will frozen in some sort of scripted behaviors? Use the breath. Create a pause and create more equanimity and create more freedom, create more degrees of freedom for yourself. Create more will and more sovereignty and more choice for yourself and be less conditioned and triggered by all of those symbols and concepts and memories in this I. We'll have some more visuals for that soon. These are also important, these visualizations. A dream within the dream is another dream within that dream is another dream. And so to see these recursive, ouroboric, images, art, illustrations is mission critical for it to become more of your own norm to recognize that that is the case, that that is the truth. All meaning comes from analogies. Actually, Douglas has argued that analogy is the core of cognition, and I do agree with him quite a lot. Analogy is also one of the core ways to understand the highest level abstractions. I, indispensable ingredient, self-referential illusion. So I is necessary. The illusion of I, the mirage of consciousness is necessary. It's the tool that we use to explore all possibility, to explore infinity. We use this mirage of consciousness. So in a sense, you become like a reality modeler. You're trying to model the nature of reality. So this is infinity modeling itself. So what are we doing right now? We're trying to model ourselves. How funny is that? <laughs> so a metaphysician is trying to model the nature of reality. So model the play of reality itself. Source, pattern, reason. Galileo, the book of nature is written in the language of math. Girdle, one of the domains 
that math can model is the doing of math itself. So you see the recursion now. And here's a little visualization. So infinity referencing itself generates emergent properties requiring a new vocabulary to describe them. So here's a visualization of infinity referencing itself via the hallucination of I. So does that make sense, everyone? I love you. We I so cool. Infinity referencing itself with this mirage of I. You see, we use the I as a tool. So every possibility will be explored. And we're using the I, the mirage of it, to do so. So I'll read you a couple more distillations. Several of which are synthesized from many other ways of seeing the nature of reality. So the fact truth that you're an infinite intelligence is unprovable from within its finite explorations. So God, an infinite singularity, is unprovable from within its explorations. Right, and so this is playing on how, with Kurt Gödel, we're talking about I'm unprovable is true. So the Kurt Gödel is unprovable in the Principia Mathematics, and Kurt Gödel is true. So another way of saying this that's really simple, and I'll get to these other examples, is that infinity is unprovable infinity, or infinity is true. So here you are. Here's a relatable way to say this. The fact truth that you're a PS5 is unprovable from within GTA. Okay, so for the masses, that should have made sense. If you're in a game world like Grand Theft Auto, you can't prove from within Grand Theft Auto that you're actually a PS5 playing infinite games. Okay, that should make sense. And just contemplate on it if it doesn't. Expand on it. And so you can also look at things like this. When was the last time you took on the essence of the universe to try and understand why you exist? You don't do that very often. Why not? Why don't you turn inward and wonder, what's the essence of the universe? Why do I exist? So the fact, truth that you're in a dream is unprovable from within the dream. How are you going to prove from within the dream that you're in a dream. Good luck. 
You're in a dream looking for factual truth that you're in a dream. So another simple way to say this, relatable for mainstream, you're in a virtual reality trying to find the source code within the game world. You're not going to find the source code in the game world. You're not going to be the character in Grand Theft Auto that then finds the source code of the PS5 and then somehow jumps itself into alternative games. Again, relatable. When was the last time you played a PS5 game that was trying to understand the PS5? I've never played, I've played so many games in my life across all platforms and never once was the purpose of the game, playing thousands of games across platforms, never once was the purpose of the game to understand the console that I was playing it on. It's pretty simple. And you can take these kind of Kurt Girdley, MC Eschery, Douglas Hofstadtery, uh, Donald Hoffmany understandings of the nature of reality, and you can logically reason and deduce your way to realization of infinity, of singularity. Expressive power is what gives rise to its incompleteness. So literally, the infinite creation is what gives rise to the fact that intelligent infinity is incomplete. So intelligent infinity is an incomplete completeness. So every moment is complete perfection as it is, yet it's perpetually on a journey, incomplete. Eternally exploring all possibility. There's the fractal shirt for I am a strange loop. Turn around and point at itself like a television camera pointing at the screen to which it is sending its image. So David Hilbert rigorously ground all of mathematics in, in an axiomatic framework. And that's exactly what we're trying to do with metaphysics. Inherent instability belonging to the summit itself. Meaning literally I-ness, the summit, is inherently unstable. Or another way to say this is the summit of infinite creation is purposely inherently instable to perpetuate itself exploring all possibility. And same thing with the Inus. The Inus has to be perpetually unstable for you to not know what's going on. As in the character 
in the Grand Theft Auto game can't just all of a sudden know all of the source code. It's purposely asleep in the dream game so that it can undergo the process of waking up and remembering. Both true and unprovable. Lack of proof is a direct consequence of its truth. Boom. Upside-down reasoning from a would-be theorem downwards rather than from axioms upwards. Reasoning from a hidden meaning. Now, this in itself should be enough for people to recognize that what they have to do is they have to take this leap of faith to create this upside-down reasoning from one infinite creator from intelligent infinity, from God, from infinite consciousness, from a conscious singularity, and then would be theorem downwards from that leap of faith, from that intuitive, intellectual, reasoned, logical grokking, and then you understand the nature of reality. Our collective quest for truth, indescribably subtle, sacred, girdle, contains the word God. Strange loops, upside down causality. A creature that knows next to nothing of the substrate allowing its thinking to happen. Nonetheless, it knows all about its symbolic interpretation of the world. Knows very intimately something it calls I. Become aware of our brains in high level, non-physical terms all right so here is a little visualization and go through so again we're playing with this black hole no eye empty void shunya and then that's this is where the comprehension is happening right here and this is your godson this is i the mirage of i and what you have is you have this is what's called the essence again this is zokchen buddhism essence and then this is the expression on this side and what is expression? It is costumes, names, forms, symbols, concepts. And so you can have an impure expression of separation, of ego, manipulation. And you can have a pure expression of unity, of oneness, of love, of wisdom, harmony. And so all of our illusory conditioning... It tethers us. So all of these illusions of conditioning, they tether us. And these are the mirages neurotic distortions. So the mirages neurotic distortions are all of these illusory conditioning tethers where we get triggered by this conditioning because we haven't yet liberated ourselves from this minefield of conditioning. And we haven't created the shift yet into this more and more pure state 
of awareness, love, light, and then recognize that even that very Godson I-ness is actually a simulated attribute. The sense of I is even a mirage. It is even a hallucination itself. And so this is the shift into awakening. So it's simultaneously from impurity to purity, and that also creates this turn inward all the way. Or you could say the turn inward all the way is what creates the shift from impurity to purity. And that's what's written here is that awakening is deconditioning the illusion. Awakening is deconditioning the illusion. So downward causality, think about brains in the truest way. The micro stuff inside them is pushed around by ideas and desires. Metaphysical idealism. And ultimately, all of those dualities are transcended between uh, consciousness and physicalism. Concepts, symbols, most adults' daily mental reality. We perceive essentially nothing at the level of the invisible components that intellectually we know we are made out of. We swim in the world of everyday concepts, and it is they, not micro-events, that define our reality. So it's more so the way that you relate with a concept, or a symbol, or a name, or a form that defines your reality than it is a neuron. I, this high abstraction behind the scenes, comes to feel like the maximally real entity in the universe. Strange loop that makes an I where it is found, how it arises and stabilizes. And I love this terminology down here, episodic trajectory. So this also relates to future authoring, episodic trajectory. So this is your North Star, your calling. So the more that you can project out and author your future, the more that you're tied into this North Star, to this calling, to this actualizing of a unique gift into the world. And so that has to do with both this turn inward as well as in this expression outward. So I is the root, the God, Son, pure, aware being. And what gives rise or what powers I? So you just give that a thought for a moment. Stay with that. What gives rise to I? What powers I? So the very life force itself, from the Big Bang until now, that life force is what powers I. That is me. 
I am the life force. I'm the entirety of the life force. I'm the entirety of the Big Bang and the universe. I'm that all. I'm all of it. So you're shifting your identity from this contracted person to the entire universe, the God state. And in doing so, you liberate yourself of all of your contractions and you become more and more purely in service to life awakening because you recognize it's all you. So your nature is the very source that gave rise to the hallucination of I. Your nature is the source that gave rise to the mirage of consciousness, experiencing this dream. The I seems to each of us to be the root. Undo the decades of brainwashing by culture and language, the millions of years of human evolution preparing the way. Human brain housing a loop of self-representation. Self-symbol is enriched, rendered more complex by attachment. So the more attached you are to your sense of self, to your sense of I, the more you're triggered, the less you are free, the less you are equanimous. You see there's this deep, profound connection here between I am a strange loop and awakening. It's so profoundly beautiful. Building up my sense of who I am in others' eyes. My self-symbol is coalescing out of an initial void. Idealized image, one forms of oneself, suffer from our neuroses. A fictitious, fictitious, illusory self, imaginative creation. fictitious illusory self aspects of this image are illusory harmful neurotic distortions one tries to change one's own neurotic tendencies the self reaching in and attempting deliberately to affect deep changes in itself and that's ultimately the spiritual journey is to turn inward so the more that you recognize the truth of your distortions and neuroses and the more that you reach inward to dissolve that subconscious conditioning with love, light, acceptance, the more you'll create the space for the God state to set in. Stuff, I give rise, external action, consequences, bouncing back, metamorphosizing I. So there's a feedback loop that happens and it constantly metamorphosizes the I. And here's another way to say that is the loop of symbol sparking actions and repercussions triggering symbols. Innermost essence locks itself ever more rigidly into our mind. I converges and stabilizes itself. So be more neuroplastic and be less rigid and ossified. It's pretty simple. Be more adaptable, be more elastic, be more empty of I, of self, of concept symbols.
upward leap from raw stimuli to symbols that imbues the loop with strangeness. Shape, stable whirl, eye, the density of eye. We'll get to this whirl. So the eye grew in complexity ever realer to itself. The chance that any alternative eye-less way of understanding the world could emerge and compete with it was being rendered essentially nil. So again, this plays so deeply into awakening, the eyeless way. So if you don't turn inward and begin deconstructing yourself, you will have this sense of I ossify. So universal soul equals God, highest self-representation. So mosquitoes, dogs, small souls, large souls. Self-representation, far simpler than that of an adult human. And for that reason, a dog has a far smaller soul. Algorithmic equivalent of self-awareness. So one way to look at this is that there's localized electromagnetic algorithm in the dream determines the density of awareness love light all what's going on in the formless ocean of the dream there are these electromagnetic ways to understand the density of consciousness or the evolution of consciousness or the awakening level of consciousness of awareness, love, light. And so that's where you can see both everything as one homogenous dream substrate, but you can also see it gradiented like the prismatically refracted white light based on the seven densities, based on the stage of awakening. I am not provable. <laughs> uh. it's like this this is trying to prove itself like this is trying to like go back trace trace itself back to its source and like prove itself it's so funny uh Evolutionary pressures gradually made brains grow more complex and multilayered. Eventually, categories grew so rich that the system was capable of pointing back at itself. It's not matter, it's energy. So it's not physical, it's spiritual, it's energetic. Keep going. What's below subatomic particles? Quarks. What's below Planck's? Take your subatomic quarks. What's below that? Planck's. What are Planck's? Uh, energy. <laughs> uh. It ain't the meat, it's the motion. Right? So it's not that physical, it's that energetic, it's the motion. 
of the ocean. So shift our attention to a far higher level of brain activity in order to find symbols, concepts, meanings, desires, and ultimately ourselves. So here's another way to visualize it. You have this third density human. You have the sixth density higher self, the calling, seventh density God. And so you keep attention on North Star calling perpetually and you make the shift from the person to the God state. The starring role is played instead by an atomically invisible murky thing called I. Shadowy players, ideas, thoughts, memories, beliefs, hopes, fears, intentions, desires. Ethereal, neurology-free world of these players. I, pusher and a mover, star player, useful shorthand for a myriad of infinitesimal entities. And the invisible chemical transactions taking place among them by the billions, nay, the millions of billions every second. Neither species can see or even imagine the lower levels of a reality that is nonetheless central to its existence. One pulsating energy matrix. Many neuroscientists' great familiarity with the low-level aspects of the brain makes them skeptical that consciousness of free will could ever be explained in physical terms at all, an unbridgeable chasm between mind and matter, one conscious infinite energy. See, there's still so much duality that needs to be transcended by awakening. The two are always ultimately one. Simultaneity. So these are visuals of that strange looping. Self-reference, 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 self-reference.
This is probably one of the most important visuals that you'll see in the book. This Ines is the swirling galaxy. And here is your eye, that black hole in the middle of the galaxy. The very illusion, mirage, hallucination. that has name, concepts, form, family, career, meaning, symbols, all of these things swirling around it. And so you can add a little spectrum here where you have on one side, you have the easier to be empty when you're alone. So when you're by yourself, you're like, I'm the universe. And then when there's two people, five people, you have a Zoom call, you're at a party, more eyes is more swirls, which makes it harder to be empty because you have all of these things that are triggered. All of these are triggered as these swirls of galaxies come together. We'll have a visual for that in a bit. Professional neuroscientist is not by any means synonymous with understanding the brain deeply. No more than being a professional physicist is synonymous with understanding hurricanes deeply. Sometimes being mired down in gobs of detailed knowledge is the exact thing that blocks deep understanding. The vast swirling galaxy of Inus, a locus of causality, perceived hard sphericity of that marble in our minds that we attribute to it a reality as great as that of anything we know. Locking in of the I symbol that inevitably takes place over years and years in the feedback loop of human self-perception, causality gets turned around and I seems to be in the driver's seat. Strange loop of selfhood. Human self-perception inevitably ends up positing an emergent entity that exerts an upside-down causality on the world, leading to the intense reinforcement of and the final invincible immutable locking in of this belief. The end result is often the vehement denial of the possibility of any alternative point of view at all. So a big part of the game is to create more of a bounciness for you to play with your sense of I, with your sense of self. To not get so triggered when that's happening, when awareness is being shined on your conditioning. Elan Vital, life force, spirit of the hive, entelechi, holons, entelechi, holons. Emergent self-referential, emergent self-referential comprehending Elan Vital. An emergent self-referential comprehending life force. 
emergent, self-referential, comprehending life force. Can't really get much simpler than that in describing the nature of reality. The most important facet of all of those human beings is their own sense of self. So when you have a bare strange loop of selfhood, it does not give rise to a distinct self, requires contact with something else in the world in order to start acquiring a distinctive identity, a distinctive I. And that's when you can do things like recognize that when people are empty, when they're more like this mirror consciousness, what happens is, is that their only distinctive sense of identity f comes up to serve the unblocking of the entity's blockages. Same members, infinite regress, no answer is yielded all right so here's another important visualization so in this one you have you have the chameleon consciousness organism elasticity spiral surfer there are many ways to describe this on one side you have that emptiness on the other side you have the fullness on one side you have the mirror on the other side you have the architect and so on the emptiness there's no memory right you see it dissolving no memory but on this full side on the architect side you see a conceptual lattice something that's very polymathic right so the whole point of the game is to be able to do both this is the chameleon consciousness this is being at that most awakened state and yet also being at the most literate state in science and engineering and form and art and politics and maximizing human potential on that side, meeting the sustainable development goals. And that's where this empty desktop analogy continues, where you have that very untriggerable deconditioned yet you're accessing concepts as needed to architect. And that's where that Nirmanakaya rainbow expression comes in again. So this is the Nirmanakaya rainbow expression. So that very empty fullness is the Nirmanakaya rainbow expression. It's when you're so beautifully, profoundly empty, and yet you're simultaneously expressing the most pure expression of creation possible in service to it awakening so the realization of human selfhood is not nearly so automatic and genetically predetermined as that would suggest closing of the strange loop of human selfhood is deeply dependent perception categorization richer and more powerful an organism's categorization equipment is the more realized and rich will be itself poorer an organism's repertoire of categories the more impoverished will be the self until in the limit there simply is no self at all see so much similarities of the awakening i love it 
In babies, there exists no strange loop of selfhood or nearly none. No I, more generous, some minimal dollop of I-ness. Two individuals, each of whom have their own personal identity, their own private strange loop. Part of that private identity is made out of and is thus dependent upon the private identity of the other individual. The more the private identities of the two loops are intertwined and the more they start to be fused, blurred and even to coin a word undisentangleable from each other. So we'll look at a visual of this soon. There will be many loops of different sizes and degrees of complexity. Me, Tarzan, you, Jane. Our naming convention not only supports but enormously helps to lock in the comfortable notion that we ourselves are cleanly separated entities. Me, Tarzan, you, Jane. End of story. And the exact opposite is true. Language plays a further role, gives us personal pronouns, me, you, reinforce the notion of a crystal clear, sharp distinction between souls. Yeah, I would say that the pronoun, I, me, you, that those play one of the greatest roles along with name and not being able to see under the costume for keeping people asleep to the interdependence and interconnection of all that is. Okay, so here's the visualization, right? So here's what you get when you put two of these spiral eye galaxies next to each other so especially if these are f like if this is a family relationship like you've been together for decades like this is a minefield basically and especially if one of them like this one is in the third density and so and this and this one is in the fifth density so this one appears in the third density i as right here. So you see this here, it's appearing here within this eyes swirl. Whereas this one is appearing here, right? Within this swirl. And so here you can see that there's many different shared concepts, memory symbols. There's a bunch of triggerables over here. And yet this one, because it's fifth density, it's more empty, it's more ascended, and it's holding space for unblocking this one. And so this is how you can view the different chakras and how these entities can help each other. One that's more empty can serve in the unblocking and the awakening of the other one. And that's why the more awakened you are, the more you're responsible for life awakening. So that's a helpful 
visualization. Two or more bodies sharing a single self. And so you can see this will get a lot more complex once you start adding in a third one, fourth one, fifth one, etc. Wedding ceremony is a soul merger giving rise to a single unit having just one higher level soul like two drops of water coming together, touching and then seamlessly fusing, showing that sometimes one plus one equals one. Although we were distinct individuals, that distinctness seemed to fade away, to vanish almost entirely when it came to parenthood. The same hopes and dreams can inhabit two different people's brains. In some dimensions of life, turned us into a single unit that acted as a whole, much as a school of fish acts as a single-minded higher-level entity. And so here you see one person will say something like money, which is one concept idea symbol. And this person will think of X, Y, Z. This person will think of four, five, six, Z. This person will think of triangle TTP. This person will think of square, square, triangle, circle. This person will think of car watch. And so you have, you have all these billions of interpretations. Some overlap, most don't. So here's the little overlaps. And so now what about if you change the word? If you change the word to dad or love or politics or religion or sports, what kind of pew, what kind of pew, pew, pew will happen in the different senses of I? And so the more empty you are, the less of a pew that arises. The name Carol denotes for me a very vast pattern, a style. That's his former wife before she passed. Having a significant percentage of the person, their self, their soul, their eye, their consciousness, their interiority would exist at some point along the spectrum, sufficiently large pattern, fraction of the actual pattern of the view from inside. So Carol's own personal sense of I is represented in my brain for brief periods of time in conversations or even in nonverbal moments of intense feeling. I was Carol, just as at times she was Doug had brought into existence a somewhat blurry coarse grain copy of itself in my brain had created a secondary Goodellian swirl. Self-structures, lifetime of locking in and self-stabilizing, given rise to an I. <coughs> so a strange loop city, country, civilization, galaxy, universe. You view the whole universe like a strange loop. Loops of self are isomorphic with different flavorings. 
Chameleons import the spices of other people's lives, history, spices that imbue their self loops with unique individuality. We are capable of seeing the world through their eyes. Their psychic point of view is transportable and modular, not trapped inside. And so good questions and putting people on the chopping block can catalyze awakening. So here you have I1 and I2 are structurally similar and yet they have different flavors. And so the better that you get at seeing the patterns of these densities of consciousness awakening, the more you can help serve the unblocking of destructive conditioning patterns that prevent people from awakening to the true nature of reality to the true nature of them as God. So a girdle Turing threshold, a computer can emulate any kind of machine. So one single universal machine morphs into new functionalities. The critical threshold for this kind of computational universality comes at exactly that point where a machine is flexible enough to read and correctly interpret a set of data that describe its own structure. A machine can in principle explicitly watch how it does any particular task step by step. A machine that has this critical level of flexibility can imitate any other machine, no matter how complex the latter is. There is nothing more flexible than a universal machine. Universality is as far as you can go. So imagine becoming universal in your consciousness, in your awareness, and noticing that, great, now I've unlocked this peak level of awakening. So now what I do is I serve the rest of the universe awakening because it's all me. People are represented by symbols. A self is also a concept inhabited to varying extents by other eyes. So there's an affinity of souls rapidly come to know each other's essences, great potential to live inside each other. So you can think about this like let me inside you, especially for a guru or someone that's awakened or someone that's trying to help you. Let me inside you is the fastest way to awaken consciousness is to recognize that you're being served and to put your psychology, your conditioning, your bullshit on the chopping block. So consciousness is densities of energy patterns. It's very profound. Consciousness as densities of energy patterns. Consciousness are patterns. So the whole one body, one person, one brain, one soul is a caged bird metaphor. Humans are social beings constituting many strange loop patterns. Humans are social beings constituting many strange loop patterns. So there is, of course, a principal domicile, a main brain for each particular eye. an internal conflict between several rival selves. So how many souls 
just one. So the closer you are to one infinite creator, the more there's only one me. So there's no more arguing. There's no more rival selves. Rival selves and arguing come from when the separate person is arguing with the one infinite creator. That's central intelligence. And so this is one of the ways to look at spirituality is that on this side, you have this ego separate sense of self. This is the third density. And then the shift, this is the delta. This is the change to the God self, the seventh density. Pretty simple. The entire spiritual journey is just ending the argument, stopping being the egoic separate self and shifting into alignment with the universe, the God self. They would come to live more and more inside each other. The sense of a clear boundary between them would slowly be dissolved. It's beautiful. Our souls really do interpenetrate and blur together. This is also called unilocality. Too messy, too scary an idea for us to deal with. So we insist instead that there is no genuine overlap like distant galaxies. Our lifelong ingrained habit is to accept without question the caged bird metaphor for souls. And it's very hard to break out of such a profoundly rooted habit. So when you really get how reality, everything in reality, every particle interpenetrates every particle energetically, that's when you recognize the unity substrate of all existence and you stop creating these artificial boundaries between people. Now, there's no separation, but that's not to say that there's not unique individuation, which is cool. There's an individuation in non-duality. A self as analogous to a country with embassies in many other countries. The word love cannot be separated from the word I. I love that one. Such a good one. Consciousness is the dance of symbols. Consciousness is thinking. So just to take you back here for a moment, that when you understand that the I is shared, that this whole electromagnetic dreamed universal field that we are is shared, you understand that that's what love is. That's what absolute love is. And any other human conception of love is absolute blasphemy. It's madness. Take a complex situation and to put one's finger on what matters in it, distill from an initial welter of sensations and ideas to spot the gist. That's what peak synthesis do. Simplify while not letting essence slip away. Boom. Love that. Okay, so.
I isn't housed anywhere. Self-reinforcing structure, self-reinforcing story, self-reinforcing myth. I is something created out of nothing. I is a self-referencing mirage. I am hallucinated into existence. I as a hallucination perceived by a hallucination. I as a hallucination hallucinated by a hallucination. So here is the intertwining with spirituality. Taoism and Zen long ago were dismantling and deconstructing getting rid of the I. The story of an I is a tale about a central essence that never disappears from view. This little pronoun is the nexus of all that makes our human existence mysterious and mystical. Intrinsically self-pointing loop that the pronoun I involves, different from all other structures in the universe. Don't have the ability to see deeply enough into my substrate to make my eye poof out of existence. <laughs> and I wrote lol describing nirvana. <laughs> uh, so basically when you do have the ability to see deep enough into the substrate of your existence to make your eye poof out of reality is nirvana being blown away, being blown out. But most people are so stuck in their eye that they can't access this door to cessation of the eye. So they won't taste nirvana until they turn inward. A level crossing feedback loop whose apparent solidity dominates the reality of everything else in the world. This I, this unreal but unutterably stubborn marble in the mind, this epiphenomenon simply takes over, anointing itself as reality number one. And from there on out, it won't go away. <laughs> no matter what words are spoken. <laughs> Ooh. Self-inquiry, the turn inward, objectifying sensations and perceptions and recognizing them as not I, liberates you, creates more equanimity, creates more freedom. And then that's where you recognize the formless existence of that very black hole comprehending infinite creation. Om. So again, a big part of awakening is turning inward and investigating the sense of I. So I is like paper money, a hallucination yet supports the whole economy. So decentralization is like the social memory complex. So ultimately, the eye is a hallucination, and yet paradoxically, it is the most precious thing we own, as Dan Dennett points out in Consciousness Explained. An eye is a little like a bill of paper money. It feels as if it is worth a great deal, but ultimately, it is just a social convention, a kind of illusion 
that we all tactically agree on without ever having been asked and which, despite being illusory, supports our entire economy. And yet the bill is just a piece of paper with no intrinsic worth at all. So again, it's a great analogy. I is like paper money, a hallucination, yet it supports the whole economy. And decentralization of the I or of the paper money into Bitcoin is like the social memory complex. That's what we are evolving to in the evolution of consciousness is towards that social memory complex that's transparent, that's honest, no lies, no deception. The strange loop of selfhood will automatically arise in any sufficiently sophisticated repertoire of categories. Once you've got self, you've got consciousness. Various universes to be entities inside of a greater metaverse. This is really important. The metaverse contains all of these possible universes. So Mohandas Gandhi, Eleanor Roosevelt, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King. More conscious, greater souls. Magnanimity, generosity, Latin, having a great soul. Mahatma, great soul. Etymology, compassion, Latin, suffering along with. That's great. So the more you turn up your compassion, the more you're able to suffer along with people and then to help them unblock and awaken and provide planetary architectures to support that process. And that's what creates this having a great soul. So turning into awakening, tuning into awakening, all that is, is the largest soul, God. So the more that you tune into the vibration of awakening all of life, that's when you're tapped into that God soul. So partial internalization of other creatures' interiority will most clearly marks off creatures who have large souls from creatures that have small souls. So the more that you can take on that other perspective, the more large of a soul you have. So a yardstick for measuring consciousness can also be thought of as musical taste, which is really interesting. If you think about it, typically the more that people listen to the most mainstream music or the more that people eat at the most mainstream fast food restaurants or the more that the people that consume the most mainstream sources of news and television and media, you can think about that like the smaller or of a soul or the dimmer of a light of consciousness that they have. Those who strike us as selfless are in fact very soulful. They house many other souls inside their own, enlarges and enriches it. So experiencing consciousness, selfless is soulful. The power to know is consciousness, is pure, bare, and empty, and that is the root experience. Consciousness is the root experience. The power to know is the root experience.
selfless people are soulful. The gulf between our self and other selves. And so awakening is dissolving this gulf. Identity, I-ness, inner light, interiority, me-ness is more like a shimmering, elusive rainbow. So again, shift identity from person to God. I love this ending. It's so fantastic. In the end, we self-perceiving, self-inventing, locked-in mirages are little miracles of self-reference. Our very nature is such as to prevent us from fully understanding its very nature. Human beings like rainbows and mirages are unpredictable self-writing poems. The strange loop characterization of our essences gives us a deeper and subtler vision of what it is to be human. The loss of this I, of this self, is worth the gain. So I, essence, is self-writing mirage. So I, in essence, is a self-writing mirage, a self-inventing hallucination, which is required for us to experience realities. We have to have this simulated sense of I for us to be able to have the experience of being a universe So dissolving I slash self is massive gains, awakening. So again, dissolving the I, sense of self, is massive gains. This is awakening. It's worth the gain. Love that. Great, so let's... There's one bit back here that I want to share with you that I thought was really interesting also. A society of interacting human beings, each of whom has a fairly accurate self-image and less accurate image of others, often based on very quick and inaccurate glances. So people that are good friends know each other well, whereas strangers have rough, partial, or vacuous representations of each other. This is really important when people are asked about, hey, what do you think or feel about this person it's like i'm not good friends with them they're a stranger to me you know i'm one with them but they're a stranger to me i don't have any representation and so we are so quick to judge especially on the internet people that we have, don't even know Much of the structure of the eye involves pointers that point right back at the abstraction eye and not just at the body so literally, I is pointing at itself, the abstraction of I. It's not pointing at the body. Like, I'm not talking about my knee. I'm talking about a memory, which is a total abstraction. Deep entangled self-model is, is what I-ness is all about. So I-ness is the deep entangled self-model. 
This was beautiful. So Sir Roger Penrose, who won the Nobel Prize in Physics in 2020, who has a cyclic cosmology, again, playing on infinity and recursion. Consciousness is a novel kind of quantum phenomena, which views consciousness as an intrinsically quantum mechanical phenomenon. Again, that very electromagnetic substrate that is this dream has these whirls of I-ness. So consciousness is uniformly pervading everything in the universe. So you have both the you have the simultaneity between the one homogeneous existence and substrate, the awareness love light. Meanwhile, it's also gradiented, refracted, prismatically, and so you have those seven densities where you have the distinctions, where you have somebody that feels like a contracted person, you have someone else that feels like an awakened god. One person that's trying to serve themselves and get peace and happiness out of creation versus the other person that's completely empty of all self-interest and they're just purely serving creation awakening. They bring peace and happiness to everything. To you, my faithful reader, who has plowed all through this book up to its nearly final page. I love bits like that. They're really important because we're, we're living in a culture where we have more and more people that for some reason are not prioritizing doing things like this, where they can, where they can, you can get through this book, you can do this in a matter of days. Like you can read a hundred pages a day and so you can get through a 400 page book like this in four days. That's about what it takes me when I'm seriously dedicated. But that usually means that I'm reading like something like six hours a day. Sometimes more, like eight. And so if you're dedicating yourself like that, what will happen is you will be able to fire and wire so much of the beauty. You'll extract the beauty of this. So it's so saturated with beauty. You know, you're basically getting Douglas Hofstetter's most profound realizations distilled into a book that you can finish in four days. And you're going to learn way more from that than you will from trying to scroll on a social media platform and try and get information. You're not going to get information as deeply embedded as you will from these types of processes. So I highly recommend picking up I Am A Strange Loop, picking up Gertel Escher Bach, picking up just your favorite author's books around self-actualization, self-realization, the nature of reality, all the good stuff. And reading. And so I'm really grateful to you, Doug. Thank you. Such a good book, brother. Thank you. Thank you. And also thanks everyone for tuning in. We love you very much. I love you very much. Thank you. And I hope this 
video distillation brought you tremendous value. I, uh, I want to share with you another sort of visualization as we wrap. So here you can see another way of sort of viewing um, what we were exploring there is that, for example, if you take this Big Bang and then you view it as this one intelligence, right? This Big Bang is this one intelligence and a fractal emergence. So something that's self-similar yet chaotic. So this fractal emergence and then boom, all of these galaxies. And so you have this comprehension mechanism, right? So the sense of I that emerges is a comprehension mechanism for this one intelligence to understand itself. And that's where you can draw these parallels where you see that this absolute black hole pupil is the comprehension mechanism and then you have this God, Sun, Star as the enlightenment, right? So all these stars, so all these solar systems in this galaxy. And here you have the very act of perception itself, the very act of awareness or consciousness itself as God, as enlightenment, light. And then you have the planets, the people, the iris. So these planets, people, and iris as the unique differentiation. So these planets are different. The people on the planets are different. The iris is different for each of us. That DNA is 0.1% different for each of us. And that's the unique differentiation of the costume, of the name, of the form, of the shape of the wave. But yet the ocean is what everything is. And so that's where you get this absolute black hole. That's where you get these suns. That's where you get that enlightenment, that pure aware consciousness, bare, empty, that formless power to know is a quality that's shared. And so that's how you can view this is that a galaxy looks so similarly to a pupil to the eye so the galaxy system and the eye system so similar like that so one intelligence fractal emergence comprehending itself it's quite uh, quite beautifully simple so again thanks everyone I would love to hear how you feel in the comments below about what we discussed. And if the video brought you value, I'd love for you to give it a like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. Also share the video with people that you feel like this would profoundly impact. And also do continue drawing the analogies between this I am a strange loop and awakening. That'll be really helpful. And the links are in the bio below to I Am A Strange Loop if you want to go and purchase it. 
and also to our own uh, links in the bio if you want to join our support. Those links are below. I am a strange loop. 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 A. I am a strange loop. 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 A. I am a strange loop. A. I am a strange loop. One infinite mystery. Infinite mystery. Infinite mystery. I am a strange loop. A. I am a strange loop. A. Infinite mystery. Infinite mystery. So relax. Fall in love with yourself. You're beautiful, perfect as you are. Radically love and accept yourself and all of your bullshit, trauma, conditioning, nonsense. And create the space for yourself to be God. To be the infinite mystery that this all is. To be the shared infinite oneness that this all is. And to love it all like that. And to serve it with honor. Infinite love.